Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Welcome, listeners, to episode 51 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough. Just kick back, relax, and enjoy while we bring you all the musings that have amused us through the week. I'm Dr. Robbie Annett, and I'm joined by the master of the muse. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Good, Robbie. Good. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you very much. That's good, mate. What's been happening this week? You got uh, much on? Well, we'll t- we've been busy at work, but I tell you, what, I've been looking forward to recording today, mate. This is the first time we were actually recording an episode with the new mixing desk. Yes, so it is. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. So if the, if the sound is fantastic, Fantastic for all the listeners. It's because the mixing desk has worked perfectly. And if the sound's absolutely crap, it's because the mixing desk hasn't worked. <laughs> and we just had to use the backup recording on Lewis's phone. Yeah, so if we sound really tinny, <laughs> it didn't work. So it did, didn't work like didn't work very well at all. I was like, well, we might fix that up for next week. <laughs> but we've got some beautiful dulcet tones. Robbie, you gonna give us some, some tunes? You're gonna sing it all, do you think, this episode? No, because I've got the mixer. Well, so the thing is it always worked well while we didn't have the mixer. I could always just blame that that, that sounded crap because we're doing it out of the tiny little microphone. Right. But, uh, but now that we've actually got that, we've taken that variable out of it, Lewis. And I can't say, oh, my voice would be perfect if it wasn't for the crap equipment. Now I don't have that excuse. I, I like might just it. play my cards close to my chest. Yeah, 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 I like it, mate. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't got an excuse at all. No excuse ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the main main excuse that you've got is you just listen to crap music. Oh, really? That's yeah, your you thing, think so? Yeah, I yeah. think so, yeah. What's wrong with Taylor Swift? You know Taylor Swift, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just got, I mean... You just need variation, Lewis. That's all. Right. You, know, you need to dip your toe into many different. The Venn diagram shouldn't just be Taylor Swift. Yeah. You need to try and bend, stretch it out a little bit further through the world. Some, some Nickelback, you reckon? Or? Oh, maybe a bit of Nickelback. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. that wouldn't be too bad. Maybe uh, go classy a bit of John Farnham. John Johnny. Maybe you could yeah. go some John Farnham. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be well, bad. Elton for you. John's coming out. He is coming out. Mum wants me to go go with her. And so go does and buy my a ticket. So does my brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not keen. Not, not keen. You look. Um, I've had a couple of times where there's been artists that I've really wanted to see that I didn't go and see them and then they've passed away. Yeah, you know? right. And so I've looked and I go, gee whiz, you know, it'd be something to say you've gone and seen Elton John, but jo- I don't... George Michael, so one, mate? Jordan, George Michael wasn't on the list, no, I'll be honest right. with you. Oh, okay. No, interesting. No, no. You're right, eh? No, yeah. no. Amy Winehouse? Amy, Amy, to be honest, Amy Winehouse was one. Great know? voice. Yeah, a great voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I, I just think... But then... Yeah, is, El- is 2019 Elton John going to be as good as what, you know, 1970 Elton, oh, 70s Elton John was going to be, you know? Yeah. And, it's, and, you're, and you're paying 20, 50 prices too, yeah. you know? It's not, not going to be all that cheap. But yeah. anyway. Anyway, this week, mate, we um, I went to, uh, we had Lunar New Year celebration yes. at school. Chinese New Year. Fantastic. Some, suddenly called Lunar New Year. I don't know okay. when it changed. I was great at the school. They had like a dragon. Oh, really? Yeah, the the Chinese dragon came out. Awesome. And, um, and, and this lady did this dance called the Changing Face Dance. Right. It's like the dance of the seven veils. Yes. The, but she like came out dancing with like a cotton mask on her face. Yeah. And every time she sweeped her gown across her face, it changed changed her face. I don't know really? how she did it. Really, really cool. It's like so. Face Off, that movie with John Travolta Very and Nicolas similar. Cage. Yeah. Very similar. Oh, that one mission, is it Mission Impossible where he's always peeling his face off to reveal somebody? Else underneath, yes, but no, actually, I'm this person. Yeah, that's actually, right. I'm yes. this person. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I'm not Simon e- Simon Peg, 
but I'm someone else. Oh, right. Yeah. Is there a Simon Pegg? That well, Simon, Simon Pegg is an actor. To be honest, I haven't actually seen the movie, oh, but really? I know I know what? the premise of it. What? Yeah, that's, your, yeah. that's your wheelhouse, mate. Action. Yeah, you know. No, not enough sci-fi. Not stuff going on. Not enough know. fantasy. Not enough fantasy. Yeah, no, right. no, no, no. I, I went and saw um, A Star is Born during the week oh, with yeah? Christina. Yeah. Um, and... You know, walking out of there, tears. You know, no spoilers or anything, but you know, it's not. It's not a feel-good movie. Really, um, you no. teared up, in, mate. Oh, I didn't, but you know, oh. I, but, but Chris, oh, I'm tough. Christina did. Oh, I, I, mate, I'm heartless. Yeah, no. <laughs> And now I'm, I get emotional. I teared up watching Avengers: Infinity War because it was spectacular. Because you know? it got to the end, you're like, "Is that it?" No. Well, Star is born. The you know, again, no spoilers. But in the last ten minutes, I picked what was going to happen, and and uh, and I thought, God, "Gee whiz, yeah, this isn't going to leave us with a very nice feeling," you know. Yeah. But um, you know, well, I, I walked out of there going. See, now this is the reason why I'll go and watch, you know, zombies or aliens or yeah. whatever, because you know. This, this stuff happens in real life, you know. I don't have to go and see this in real life, you know. Well, Avengers Affinity, I, I teared up a little bit because um, because it did seem to go for a very long time. Nearly oh, yeah. infinity, the yeah, length of the movie. You got a cramp in your buttocks, yeah, did you? Yeah, I was like, oh, geez, that's painful. <laughs> hamstrings, hamstrings again. <laughs> so, looking here, mate, I, yes. I did a little update. I thought I'd just check out, you know, in Asia what sort of listeners we've got. Yes. Got one listener in Korea. Wow, fantastic. One in Korea. I rec- do you reckon, do you reckon it, it's, it's Kim? Do you think it might be Kim? Kim Jong Kim Jong Un himself in North Korea. Was listening? it North Korea or South Korea? Because I think we do have a South Korean listener. Oh right, you know, th- I was I was thinking it might be North Korea. Well, I'm not I was sure thinking, because he'd be the only one with the access to the, a podcast. Obviously. To podcast would be, would be him. You'd think so. You'd think yeah. so. you think he'd listen to us, or be more list- more likely listening to uh, yeah an American history podcast. You I know, think they'd be banned. Maybe true crime. They'd be banned. True crime. He, he might be into true crime. He might true. be one of these true crime aficionados that just likes listening to true crime. Maybe maybe like zombie podcasts. Oh, he might do. Zombies, yeah. A couple, apocalypse zombies. Apocalypse ones, yeah, maybe. maybe. Who knows? I tell you what, there's a, there is an excellent um, uh, Korean zombie apocalypse movie. Yeah. It's, got, it's called Late Last Train to Busan. It's on oh, Netflix. Yes, I think. Is that the one? Uh, what is that guy in it? Um, uh, the curly head guy. Is it? No. There were no. guys who were shooting a movie who got in trouble in North Korea. It was about North Korea and it was banned. Oh, no, no. You're thinking of, um, uh, yeah, you're thinking of Seth, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. No, yeah. no, no. Okay. Now, this is a, an actual, like, that's a funny movie. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. That one, have you seen yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, I think I have a while ago. We've we got the guy that's, uh, that's, sorry, Kim Jong-un, if you are listening, where the guy's singing the, um, the Katy Perry song. Because, baby, you're a fire. You know, so, well, he's, everything's exploding. Uh, <laughs> I keep whenever I hear that song, and I don't listen to Katy Perry all that much. Really, no. I, not not often no. on the Spotify. No. No. she's not one that's about to pass away. You think? No, I don't. Hopefully you're not seeing. No, no, no. no. Okay, <laughs> right. Well, what have you been up to? Uh, so, uh, so Camille had a science day this week. Yeah. So, um, so they had science day, and so, um, Ruben went uh, went dressed up as a. Uh, he was supposed to go as Albert Einstein, but we couldn't find a a, a wig that looked uh, Einstein enough. So we had a, a this sort of semi wild haired, half balding um, um, uh, uh, hair piece that I had from a dress up thing a couple of years ago. So he wore that in one of my shirts as a lab coat. So he just went as a generic scientist, yeah, mad scientist. But, yep. but, but Camille wanted to go as a. Um, and I said to him, I said, if anyone says you're a mad scientist, just go. No, I'm not mad. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just actually a happy scientist. Why does everyone have to call me mad scientist? I'm actually quite content. <laughs> Right. But I don't think he did. Anyway, um, but Camille wanted to go as a vet. So so for two weeks, she's going, Daddy, you've got to bring me home a, a, a scrub top. You've got to bring me home all this stuff. 
And so, you know, busy, busy at work. So completely forgot. But got there to her on the last day. So she went to work dressed up as a vet. She had a little teddy and she went had a bandage. School, yeah. Yeah, 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 bandaged up as, uh, yeah, as though she put the bandage on there. And then she had some leftover bandage. And last night she's bandaged up Ruben, Ruben's arm. Right. <laughs> and I've woken up this morning and gone, Mate, have you still got that damn bandage on you? I was going, yeah, I slept in. I go, oh, geez, can you feel your fingers? Yeah, all right, no, that's good. Yeah, got, got the right, got the right pressure on there. Not too tight. Not too tight. No, no, still, it's still. Uh, it was, it was just the nice soft band stuff. You know, the stuff you put yeah. on the inside. Oh yeah, inside. right. Yeah. Oh nice. Um, and we also had a um, where we had our shout outs for our uh, our fiftieth uh, episode. Oh, last yeah, week. last week, yes. Um, we had a one that we didn't quite make it. A late one, a belated shout out. A late one. So yeah. this is from um, Kirby BMD. Hi, Doctor Robbie and Doctor Lewis. We love your podcast and have listened to every episode and some more than once. We would love a shout out remembering Cassie, your discussion of lumps and the lump chart was literally a lifesaver at least for a while. Pip who loved all Lewis's behaviour tips and Rushy, your discussion on end of life decisions was incredibly uh, helpful. Uh, and you were just wonderful during the most difficult time, Robbie. Love the podcast and can't wait for a live recording. Seffi, Kirby and Claudia. So thank you very much, Claudia, and your uh, two lovely big Bernese mountain dogs. Thanks so much. That's you a guys. great shout out, mate. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. Excellent. All righty. Now we've got a couple of sponsors we need to yes. move on and thank. Of course, we've got Zilkeen, which is uh, the milk derivative that's really good for anxiety problems in, in cats and dogs. Yes. I used it this week in a dog that was um, having some anxiety before bed, an older right. dog, a bit of cognitive decline, I think. Yeah, so right. put that on, see if we can get it to get some sleep at night, just like just like a warm glass of milk before bed. Very good, yeah. nice one. So yeah. so yeah, big shout out to those guys. Thank you so much for your support. And the good thing with using it in older dogs too, Lewis, is the fact that it is so safe. Yeah. You know, so yeah. no matter if they've got other other problems that they've got heart disease or they're on got arthritis medications things like that you can use it fairly judiciously and with a such a high amount of safety exactly exactly yeah. so I'll keep you updated on how that goes nice one and of course we've got prime 100 on board the uh single protein diets for cats and for dogs yes uh, they come in the dry food they've got the treats as well now yes uh, the croc tap uh you know sam tap sam sam tap sam tap sam tap sam and tapioca uh, the um, the uh, grasshopper and, and maize. Yes, yeah, delicious, yeah. delicious. I tried some the other day. Have we had any word on the dolphin diet yet? Are they, are they, they, or is that that's still still a little bit little bit risque with we, them? They're not. We keep coming back to the dolphin. I'm not sure that's a good thing. Okay, right. We'll leave the dolphin. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's two fine. Vets, two vets stalk pets. Dolphin diet. Yeah. I don't think that's <laughs> don't, what we want to know. But limited edition. Yeah. <laughs> Very limited. Very, very limited. Very, very limited. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Yeah, zero packets. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, guys, for supporting us. But it's great for those allergy, allergy dogs and cats. Um, they got food allergies or even if they got food sensitivities, I always recommending it. Yeah. Go and get some. So. And um, even just if your dog's getting a little bit jack of uh, eating their normal food, like they've got such a huge variety of different yep. things that uh, you'll probably find something that your dog should have a uh, have a bit of a munch on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, for sure, good. And also thanks a lot to all of our Patreon supporters. You know, I hope you enjoyed the uh, the Patreon exclusive yes. uh, uh, dominance Q and A. Well, you asked the Qs and we gave the As that yes. we uh, that we posted a couple of weeks ago too. So uh, that's uh, you know, if you'd like to get a, get in amongst that, hit us up on have a look at Patreon. You can join up for as little as two dollars a month. It just helps us to keep the lights on and you know keep the uh, the lights on, the mics on, and the and the. 
mixing desk running. So, exactly. 50 yeah. cents a week. That's all. 50 cents a podcast. That's right. Plus the extras you get on Patreon. Yeah. And all the great photos on, on Instagram and Facebook. I mean, they're worth they're worth the gold themselves, mate. Oh, especially the, the ones of you flexing your arms, you know, holding on to cats. I'm pleased you noticed, mate. I've been <laughs> pumping hard for that photo. Just a pity I didn't wear the, the sleeveless top. Well, we've been, we've, we've been um, you know, re- remarking, giving uh, listeners a, a breaking the fourth wall. Um, we're often sort of a spot some of the other celebrity vets <laughs> on Instagram and the um, the flexing, you might say, of while holding oh, small, furry little animals. They obviously do more than just work as a vet. Yeah, you know, oh, absolutely. Very, very yeah. fit looking people, though, <laughs> some of those people. Amazing. There's, um, I don't think there's many of them that are sitting down having two beers and uh, while, while they're doing a prep on a Friday night like we do. Well, so. that's right, mate. You posted one of you have another beer or, or ice cream. Yeah. Beer and ice cream, that doesn't mix. It goes like a oh, big lime, big spider, you know, big yep. fuzzy spider in your stomach. You'd yeah, be well, burping all night. You, you don't have to put it in the same, in the same glass. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sort of putting in the same stomach. Yeah, but that's right. As long as there's enough time between it, Lewis, right. it's fine. Oh, okay. I did go to the ice cream and it was spectacular. Yeah, yeah great. Yeah. What flavour? Uh, so a, a connoisseur was um, uh, salted caramel and uh, and macadamia. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I'm, I'm a, I'm a um, salted caramel is one of my three favourite food groups. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. All so, right, so, good so, stuff. All right, enough about us, I reckon, mate. Yeah. This week, yes. there, I've got an article that came and we just got this into the running sheet the last minute. Yes, hot from, off the press. Yeah, it is. So this is from the ABC uh, News. Website, foot and mouth disease that threatens Australia's entire livestock industry detecting airport seizures. Oh, no way! Yeah, so oh, wow, so a disease that could potentially wipe out Australia's multi billion lives, multi billion dollar livestock industry has been detected at Australian airports. Agricultural Minister Dave, David Little Proud said two detections of foot and mouth disease since December were confirmed by Australian Animal Health Laboratory in meat products declared and seized at airports. Wow. A third sample was deemed inconclusive among the 280 samples tested for foot and mouth disease. Gee whiz. So there you go. I think there's an outbreak overseas somewhere at the moment of foot and mouth disease. So. The pork jerky, sausages and other pork products were collected by Department of Ag staff between December last year and January, February this year. Fragments of African swine fever virus also detected. Oh, yeah, I know. So Mr. Littleproud said foot and mouth disease was considered the biggest threat to Australia's agriculture and travellers that did not declare animal or plant products would face fines and possible court proceedings. Yeah. So when you come in, you got that card that you come into the airport. Yes. And you t- yeah, have you got any food products? There's a reason why you're ticking that. It's Absolutely. not just so that you can go on uh, on airport security or whatever. That what border is, patrol, border patrol, border yeah. security, and and get get your face on that and go. Oh no, oh, got- I don't know how that sausage got in there, yeah. officer. How did I get two suitcases full of pork sausage? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did you pack your bag yourself? Yeah, yeah. There are no no toiletries in here. You're just pork sausage, full sir. of pork sausage yeah. and jerky too. Yeah, jerky. Yeah, that, that, that's just because you packed that one about 12 months beforehand and the sausage just dried out just, a little bit. Just gone off a little just, bit Just turn, turn, turned into a little bit of jerky-jerky. Gosh. Um, so what, what's, um, you know, just to give listeners a little bit of background, um, what is foot and mouth disease? Well, like perhaps, a, perhaps I'll read on. There's a yes. little bit of interest oh, in nice. here. So, so uh, the highly contagious foot and mouth disease can spread between animals by inhalation, ingestion, 
and direct contact with the disease. Yeah. So I guess, you know, coming back to what foot and mouth is, it's just a horrible disease in, in basically um, production animals, isn't Ungulates. it? Yeah, makes them, um, makes them very lame, makes mm. them very unwell, and, and they really need to be euthanized generally because it's so highly contagious. I, I, again, um, it's not my wheelhouse. Yeah, me but, but my my understanding, I'm more than willing for people to write to us and say, your gooses, you need to go back and do virology again. But the viral infection, I think the once the, the lesions come up, it certainly drops production, but I don't think it's necessarily a lethal in, infection. Um, mm-hmm. I think once they, they get it, it's just that it is so highly contagious. Um, and the fact that Australia doesn't have it, yes. because this, this wonderful island that we live in, our island home, um, because it's surrounded by water, it's really bloody hard for exotic diseases to get in. And um, the fact that... Uh, uh, our production animals are foot and mouth disease free and not many other countries in the world are foot and mouth disease free makes our products very, very, very sought yeah. after, you know. Um, and if we lose that, there's a lot of countries that I think would be very happy to then say, well, you've got foot and mouth disease now, we're not buying your stuff. And unfortunately then the bum is going to fall out of the farming industry. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so it is it is. Vitally, vitally important that these diseases do not come into this country. That's right. And people might wonder, sort of, how does it get from the airport to end up being, um, you know, being being spread to animals? You know, it's yeah. a pretty sort of long bow to think how that happens. But essentially, it's it's from what's called swill feeding. So yeah. where leftover scraps of what you've had for dinner might be put into a bucket and then fed to the pigs on a farm or something. Yeah. So maybe you make a pizza with the nice pork sausage that you've um, that you've cooked up. You live live on a farm. You're staying on a farm. Maybe you're a backpacker, whatever you are. Um, and then it goes in the bucket of scraps, and then the scraps are fed out to the pig. So so then it goes on pigs, for example, which could be fed foot and mouth disease contaminated waste food in their trough will become infected and infect others. And and being the year of the pig with uh, Lunar New Year, mate, yeah. and everything, it's a, I guess it's a, it's a timely warning. So this um, this is an alarm bell. They're saying this is like the canary in the coal mine. In yes. the coal mine, not cold. Coal mine. <laughs> the feeding of waste food to animals is illegal and it's illegal because of the risk to the health of those industries is immense. In the UK in 2001, and this is probably what people remember, yeah, they had to slaughter six and a half million animals as a consequence of someone doing exactly that, feeding their food scraps that yeah. had foot and mouth disease in them to pigs. And Australia, it's estimated the cost of something like that would be in the excess of $50 billion. Yeah. And it's important to note, I guess, that foot and mouth disease, it's, it's, uh, it's worrying for our livestock, but it's not a threat to human health per se. So, you know, yep. if you eat the pork sausage, it's not, it's not really going to be an issue. And people may have heard of hand, foot and mouth disease in humans. It's a completely different bug. Yeah, it's un- the, unrelated, yeah. I think. Yeah. So it might, might be similar virus, I wouldn't know, but it's unrelated in contagion. That's not area. Yeah, That's yeah. not area. Let's move away from there. But reminds me, like when I worked in Mafra, yeah, I remember. I reckon the one of the worst night's sleep I've ever had in my whole entire life was when I was working at Mafra. 
and I just started there as a new grad. Yeah. And you know, I was in the office and a phone call came through from one of the local sort of kind of hobby pig farmer guys. He's yes. known for having some pigs up in the hills, you know, but you know, he got on the phone to me, he had a lame pig. Yeah. And this was bang, two thousand one, right in the foot wow. right bang in the foot and mouth disease outbreak, you know, just after I graduated. And uh, chatted to him on the phone, yep, pig's lame. So I'd sort of talk to him about, you know, oh, it's probably just infection, you know, right now. Just just thinking my general sort of Yeah. Thing. Yep, I've got some Working penicillin. through first principles. Or exactly, stuff, exactly. Yeah. yeah, got a bit of penicillin, you know, blah, blah, you know. Oh, maybe try some penicillin. Maybe it's just got a little bit of a foot rot, a bit of infection, mm. no worries. You know, pigs are not my thing. We didn't do a lot at uni. And so I got off the phone and, you know, and then you know, one of the, the small senior vets came in and I said, oh, I just had this phone call about this guy, you know, this pig. And he goes, he doesn't feed it swill, does he? And I was like, Oh, oh, crappity crap oh, crap. And in my head, I went, oh, boom. So I got straight back on the phone, like, couldn't get onto him that night. Yeah, so no. I just lay in bed all night. Looking thinking, at the roof. Yeah, thinking, oh, no, I'm the vet that missed the first diagnosis of missed foot, the index foot, case. Foot and mouth disease in, in the whole of Victor, you know, Australia. Yeah. And, you know, I was just sweating on it. Woke up like, you know, crack of dawn. I was up, bent down the clinic at 5 a.m., got his address off the computer, and I drove out to his place. <laughs> and it turned out I got out to his place and it just had a stone between. Its feet, but you know, the pig yeah. did. But it was like it was just the biggest, like, scariest, worst time I reckon I've had of being a vet is just that moment of thinking, I've missed something that's going to destroy the 50 billion dollar livestock industry yeah, in Australia. Yeah. So, so yeah, that I guess you know, just just really important. You know, obviously, vets out there that deal with pigs, just just keep an eye out, but also that's why we have these strict quarantine issues, everyone. Absolutely, yeah, and it would be. It would be decimating oh, on yeah. a, on a level that that you know we just can't comprehend. If that disease came into Australia, it would be it'd be terrible. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, definitely. All righty, mate. What you got for us? On a lighter note, um, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah oh, full of <laughs> um, lighter notes yeah. today. <laughs> so when you guys come home from the pool, Lewis, and you've you know got your your um, your bag with your your towel or your togs or whatever, yeah, you know, sort of down there. Have you ever noticed Olive go a little bit go a little bit crazy with it? Like, does Olive come and start getting a little Smoochy with it, or start rubbing up against oh, I it. I haven't really noticed no. it. Generally, anything we bring in the house, like plastic bags or, yeah. or new smelling things, she gets into. Oh, but, but you're, I'm, I'm talking. Melvin's full big on, into the. This is Parker. A Parker, Parker, Parker yeah. not Melvin. Yeah. So, um, it was uh, when before kids, uh, B BK, um, and Christina and I had time to be able to go go to the pool and do you know, get, <laughs> get some laps, leisurely swim, That's and right. yeah, put, try and try and on, chase the black line. Put on the budgies, mate, and do do some do some do some laps. Ne- never never packed the budgies, mate. Really? I always always went the board shorts only because I thought I was doing better resistance right. training there. Yeah, yeah. Long board short, short board short. Oh, long board short. Long board, right? Long, yeah. long board, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Down the ankles, all the way down. Yeah. I, I know. I figured if I'm not shaving down and wearing a cap when I'm swimming, I might as <laughs> there's no no point wearing the budgie smugglers either. You know, right. <laughs> Yeah, go on, go on, um, digress. Uh, and, and after just talking about quarantining and stuff, we don't want to be smuggling budgies. Yeah, that's not right. Code know. Brown. Yeah, Code, Code Brown. The pool, that's not good. That's not good. Yeah, shout out to former Prime Minister Tony Abbott there. He should also be not smug, uh, but, uh, smuggling the, budgies. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'd be hanging up our bathers in our towel and Park would come up and he would go bananas. So he'd, he'd pull them down off the clothes horse. Right. He'd roll on them and roll, you know, kick around in them and everything. What in the hell's he doing? Now, this is a bit weird. So, you know, Googled it and had a look. Oh, and, yeah. And so um, what happened? So cats seem to have this real thing for 
chlorine and bleach and things like that. So yes. sometimes people have noticed that after they've used bleach to try and clean things, again, the cats go pretty crazy. Right. They go up, they rub on it and they scratch on it and they just roll around in their body on it and all that sort of stuff. So what they reckon happens is that there's compounds that um, so that are in chlorine and in bleach are similar to the ammonia kinds of things that are in cat's urine. And so it's just like this bombarding sensation. You know, so those times of where if you've left your, your towel in your swimming bag for too long, you open up and you go, oh, geez, that's pretty chlorine. Yep. For certain cats, that just absolutely is their wheelhouse and they just go bang, hang on, I'm just having an absolute conniption fit here. I just love it. I want to eat it, be with it. I want to live in this bag forever. So, yeah, there's you know plenty of stuff on the, online of people going, why do my cats go a little bit crazy with chlorine? Right. So, yeah. So oh, that's that, cool. So, I think, well, that's that's the reason why I don't, when you clean your litter box, I don't recommend to use any ammonia products Yeah, is because it can cause, well, some cats actually don't like it, number yeah. one, so that they'll avoid the litter box. But then, yeah, some cats end up, I guess, maybe rolling in the litter box and just... just uh, Covering themselves in some special gifts that are in the litter box, and it's and it's important that the litter tray is uh, is a favourable environment for cats, but it really is there for business, not for fun. <laughs> You know, it's, it's not it's a roller coaster. A, is it's it? not a roller coaster. Yeah, nah. You don't you don't want them spending a whole lot of time in there. You want them coming out and interacting with you. Yeah, not just sitting there, just going. I'm just going to live in the toilet because it just smells like ammonia, and that just makes me feel good. You know, <laughs> cats have enough personal problems as it is, Lewis. They don't need anything else. So don't, don't need another excuse. I love it, mate. That's yeah. great. So so if anyone out there is if they've had the similar experience of cats going a little bit crazy with chlorine with your towels and stuff when you come home from swimming uh let us know take a picture of it or a video of it and uh and hook it up because uh it's pretty funny yeah well you, perhaps you can get a video of parker doing it i'll see if i can get parker doing yeah. it again. He, he used to do a lot more when he was uh, when he was younger you know he's a bit of an older kitty cat oh, i'll um we'll, right. we'll, we'll test it after camille gets home from uh from swimming we'll leave her towel around and see whether or not he likes to uh go a little bit crazy well i was thinking you just you could just uh, paint yourself up in bleach mate and roll around the floor and see if parker comes over and says hello well i do that anyway yeah. because it's the uh that's it's the best way i find it's the only way i can try Truly be clean, Lewis. Oh, I, th know? I thought that was natural, natural sun tipped hair, mate. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's terrible because I don't need to moisturise as well. So I get in this this real dichotomy of do I bleach, do I moisturise, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. Bleaching. That, that Bleaching. could go somewhere very bad. I very was wondering quickly. whether yeah. I wanted to see, yeah, I just wanted to dangle it there in front of you, mate, and just see whether or not, you know, I'd open the door and thought, let's see, let's see if Lewis wants to walk through it or not. It's no. It's totally shut, mate. Totally I'm not shut. touching that. No. <laughs> not touching that at all. But it's so clean, you don't want to touch it. It's <laughs> right. Fine. All right. <laughs> right. Next, next story. <laughs> All right, this this is an article from WA Today, and geez, it's going to be a bit of a rant, I reckon. This this article, it's um, it's an interesting article. It brings up some really good, uh, interesting topics to do with vet medicine and veterinary stuff that perhaps the the regular owner that doesn't see when they come into the vet clinic. Yeah, veterinary business too, yeah, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah had a little bit, little sneaky look yeah, at it bit, too. Yeah. yeah, bit of stuff. So, so this is uh, this is uh, yeah, like I said from the WA to today, and it's about a vet owner, Dr. Blinda Baynon. She was performing surgery one day when a woman came through her clinic doors in January last year. The woman came in screaming that the dogs had been bitten by snakes. All right, that sounds yeah. pretty, pretty sort of serious. She's got three dog de Bordeaux's. Massive so, hounds. So huge dogs. Lovely, often lovely dogs, really yeah. friendly dogs, but huge. You're right. So um, three three dogs, three dog de Bordeaux's. Um, and my treatment's not going to be cheap for those. No. Uh, being a big dogs. I told her um, uh, it was apparent two were going downhill fast. I told her what it would cost to treat in that moment. 
So uh, Dr. Bain saying she she did 13 years in emergency medicine at Murdoch Uni, so she's very well versed at treating snake bites, and she knew it'd be time consuming and difficult. Yeah, and uh, and she's estimated for them there'll be a minimum of three thousand dollars. Which, to be honest, if you're talking three dogs and three grand, that sounds pretty darn yeah, fair. Yeah, that's all my, I would have thought. Might have been per, per three dog. Three grand per dog. I reckon I it'd be thought, per but dog. I don't think it is. I think yeah. it's three grand for, for all three dogs, which is incredibly uh, economical, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Because the anti-venom itself is, is, you know, is, is a lot of money. Generally so. about a thousand bucks a yeah. bottle, the last time I was looking at yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So anyway, so the owner was quite distressed, she said, um, and the owner, the, the owner, the woman couldn't pay the full balance. So Dr. Bain said, look, all right, you pay half up front, which is, you know, that's, that's a fair enough thing. And, and she said she'd pay the rest next week. Yeah. So, um, you know, because of an emergency, being vets, we often authorise these sorts of things and allow these things to go through. So she spent two hours, she put in catheters, she put them on ventilation support. Three wow. dogs on ventilation, which is amazing. Two of them got the anti-venom, which, yep. you know, is, is a couple of thousand dollars, I reckon, yeah. right, right there. And sometimes they need two vials of it as well. Yeah. So, um, and, and she said, during that time, of course, we're not doing anything else. Total focus on those patients yeah. and, and, and caring for those those two Dr. Bordeaux. It's not just going to be the one vet either. She's going to be no. having multiple – all of the nurses are going to be on there. Any other vets she's got there are going to be sitting there monitoring and trying to get these animals it's stable. In a, in a general practice sense, it's all hands on deck. For Absolutely. Sort of so, yeah. so eventually, she says, we got two the two dogs back from the brink and um, some carefully administered aftercare they sent home. So big success story there. Yeah. We did follow-up testing the next day to check clotting time, so snakebite can affect blood clotting. Yeah. So she's checked that. Um, that was a little bit of additional money, she said. And then she said they went home, and she never heard from them again. Yeah. So she's got a big outstanding bill. You know, what's she going to do? You know, she's got over $1,500. Yeah. That she's got all these costs that she needs to cover. So the clinic went from the normal process. They tried to contact her, sent her a registered letter, and eventually they had to send her to debt collection because yep. she just, you know, would not respond. She had a huge outstanding debt, you know, yep. uh, one and a half grand. So after months of um, of silence, not hearing from her, she had to write the incident off as um, and the bill as just a bad experience. Which, yes. Which unfortunately happens more than we would think in, in vet. Yeah. So and after, you know, two years, you know, she, was, she sort of put it all to the back of her mind. And then she says, on Tuesday, a couple came into a clinic with their own dog. So I had some new clients come in with a very unwell dog. So perhaps a similar sort of situation. Didn't know the clients. Yeah. They're lovely people and they recognised their dog was really unwell, but they were really struggling financially and their dog needed emergency surgery. So, of course, she, be, she thought back to two years ago um, with, with what happened, you know. She had a choice, you know, authorised to go ahead with the surgery um, and not knowing if she would be paid for her expertise, the drugs or equipment yep. or turn them away and say, look, unfortunately you've got to get, you know, to go, to, to, yeah. go to the um, perhaps a rescue centre or a yeah. charity organisation somewhere else. So she, she was really conflicted over that. Um, you know, she was sort of thinking, you know, I really want to help this dog, but then I need to look from a business sense. I've been betrayed in the past, yes. which is really, really common thing that, that we sort of have to deal with on a daily basis. Um, so eventually she, um, you know, it was that experience of two years ago made her err on the side of caution, but she went ahead and authorised treatments and, and, uh, and it sounds like those those owners did pay up, which is yeah. a, a good thing, but she obviously she's taking a big risk as far as owning a practice and that sort of thing. So I guess, you know, she sort of then goes on... Uh, 
people think that practice owners are pulling it hand over fist. So she's saying that, you know, we're raking in the millions of dollars and, and yeah. you know, and that sort of thing. And and as you drove up in your Lamborghini, mate, I was I was thinking that myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's only because the Ferrari's in the shop. Yeah, so that's yeah, right, yeah. that's right. And then um you know, I was gonna get the helicopter to you this morning, yes. but you know, unfortunately it's it's, it's servicing too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so, just yeah. getting the gold plating on the uh on the on the propellers. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's gold headphones. The uh, gold uh, fantastic, yeah. yeah. That's why you've got the bad cans today, because the gold <laughs> one's being serviced in the, in the helicopter. And, and so there's a little bit that goes on in the article, which is, I think, really pertinent for, for, for stuff that perhaps we've got a lot of – we do have a lot of owners that are listeners. and yep. um, But the, I'm, I'm sure you know 99% of them are great owners. Yes. But there's a few percentage that perhaps don't understand the behind the scenes. So yeah. according to the Australian Veterinary Association, a veterinary degree is not only one of the most difficult degrees to pay off, but the average salary of a graduate vet is 47000 Dollars, yeah, and that's Australian dollars, of yeah, course. yeah. So, um, for our Madagascar listeners, yeah. um, I think that's you know something like 120 million uh Madagascan array or Malarisi array. Sounds great, yeah. So, for our seven like listeners, that. that sounds like a lot of money, yeah. But for Australia, that's you know, yes, compared yes. to other graduate. Uh, salaries, doctors, dentists. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's but, pretty low. And the average salary of a working vet is seventy five thousand, which then goes on. You know, it's half the average for doctors and and lawyers. You know, yeah, I guess you know that might seem on on the face value to be be a lot of money seventy five thousand dollars. Um, and you know, I'm not saying that we're on on the poverty line. Yeah, yeah, but um. But for, we for what people's very, expectations yeah, are, yeah. yeah, and the hours we put in, and yep. and the expertise we need to, yeah. to to keep up to date. So, Dr. Bean saying her vet clinic is the result of over one point seven million dollars in loans yep. to get it set up. So then she's got the added pressure of staffing, and I mean, you be aware of this, mate. You're a practice oh, owner. I'm, I'm hearing it's it's um and and any other vets that are listening, this is this is going to be vindication. For everything that we know and think about on our side of the fence, hey? yeah. so yeah. So she's you know the added pressure of staffing, equipment, drugs, and laboratory costs. Her profit margins consistently sit at about zero percent. So she's she's really not, you know, not making a lot. And then it goes on. Most other clinics make anywhere between five to fifteen percent. You know. Yeah. So I know, um, mate, you, you brought along the books today, so we just yeah, absolutely. Open those let's and let's just, crack yeah, those let's open. Let's just yeah. go go through yeah. those. But you know, that's 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 really not. Not much more than putting your money in the bank, you know. If she put that one point seven million dollars in the bank, yeah, yeah, you know, yes, you probably, you, know, you might not give in the five percent, but it's really for 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 the hours and the work that she's putting in, the stress, right? You know, and the stress of it, you know, and um, and also the fact that you know, what I think a lot of times people don't think about, you know, is that. Not only you know for the for the amount that you're you're paying uh, when you come in to see the vet, we've got rent, we've got staffing costs. You know, our staff rely on being paid so that they can pay their rent and put food on the table and and take out a mortgage and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, the we can't ask the the utilities company to say, oh, you know, look, we. Yeah, we don't want to have to pay for our uh, for our electricity this month. Yeah. You know, yeah, all, we're just going to disappear. Stuff. Can we pay half this month and then we'll just disappear? That's right. It doesn't work. No, no, it doesn't work. And new equipment, mate. You know, you want a new ultrasound machine that's going to show us all the good stuff. Well, there's sixty grand right there. You and, know, and and also training the staff then to how to use it. Yes. You know, um, providing uh, a a safe and um and and fertile work environment. Yep. is not something that <laughs> fertile, mate. Well, well, fer, yeah, fer, fertile. Fer, fer, um, Interesting word. But professionally fertile. 
fertile. Oh, you know? right. Maybe, yes, maybe we thank should you. say. Yes. Maybe <laughs> even saying professionally fertile doesn't make, you know, it sounds a bit weird. Um, but Nurses go on maternity leave. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, well, we've just had um, Ash go on maternity leave. Yeah, um, right. But, um, but no, it's, um, it's that thing of where you want to be you know, providing an environment where people feel like they can uh, you know, progress in their careers and things like that, you know, and that takes investment that that we as practice owners want to put in. We want to try and provide good, safe working environments for our for our staff. And yes, we want to be vets, and yes, we want to look after animals, and yes, we want to try and make them better. But the reality is, is that it is still a business, you know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure the people that stack the shelves at, at Woolworths would love to be able to give you your groceries for free. But the reality is, is that they need wages and the people that drive the trucks that bring the stuff in need wages. And, you know, it's, it's the way the businesses work, unfortunately. Yeah. And so I think the divities often we're compared to doctors and perhaps, you know, uh, well, well, doctors, I suppose, is the one. And there's a lot of Medicare that goes with doctors. So you go huge. in, you go to yep. hospital and... Uh, and uh, and essentially you come out paying almost nothing. You think, yeah. wow, well, the vet should be similar. And it's, that's just not really how it works. There's thousands of dollars that Medicare are putting in there, certainly in Australia. Yeah. Um, and 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 it's quite different when you're in a private practice yeah. that's, that is, a, unfortunately, is a business as well. And, and that's what our taxes are paying for. So the reason why Medicare is free, it's not because the government is – is is just giving the money out of the goods of their hearts because governments don't do that. No. It's the it's the tax money that we are paying that helps to prop up Medicare. Yeah. So you know, small business. You know, we are we 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 employ people, we provide a service, but we're also then doing something for the rest of the community as well. In that we're paying our tax. Yeah. You know, and and again, people don't think about that. You know, like we we have to pay tax. We're not a uh, we're, we're not charity organisations that, that don't pay tax. Yeah. We have to pay tax because we're a business. Sure, sure. And, uh, you know, she, she then goes on, um, you know, I've, I haven't spoken to any veterinary practice colleague who doesn't wish they could pay their vets more. So, yeah. obviously, you know, there's an issue of, of, of what, you know, um, employed vets are paid. Because we run such narrow profit margins, they can't afford to. If you're earning 10%, it doesn't take much to take that profit away. And then suddenly you can't pay that profit at all. Yeah. I guess I would say if you go into veterinary practice and you request veterinary care and you promise to pay something and then you don't do it, you're not taking away someone's holiday to Fiji or a fancy piece of jewelry. Jewelry, which mate, did I show you my big you know, gold chain I got on today? That's why I'm wearing my sunglasses now, yeah. mate, because of the glint from the sun yeah. coming in from that, that as it's shining off the windscreen of your uh, your Tesla yeah. that's yeah. sitting out there. Yeah, the yeah. helicopter, the helicopter, yeah. the, the Tesla helicopter. <laughs> Such a thing. Yeah, I don't know. Elon Musk will come up with it, I'm sure. Yeah. As, as I got out of the helicopter, my big piece of jewelry around my neck <laughs> just came in to record the pod, and then I'll be off again. Uh, that might mean they can't pay their kids' school fees that week. They might not be able to pay the drug bill that week. Yeah. They're not getting away with something. They're essentially stealing from someone. Yeah, that's right. So perhaps if, so she says, perhaps if more people gave more thought to the families behind the building. And you're a family yeah. clinic, mate. You've got family behind the building and the impact it has, then perhaps they might question their own motives a little bit more. So there's a, you know, a little bit just, a, I guess, a look behind the curtain of, of veterinary yeah. clinics and how one uh, often just one person can really affect us in a massive way, can't they? Yeah. You know, if it's one client not paying or even one client that perhaps has a nasty word about us as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Which segues nicely into... Uh, Nice reviews, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we had we had a, a a bit of a crap review yesterday, and I think was probably um un uh, unnecessary, and certainly from the light. And I, I tell you what, that article 
as far as absolutely hitting the zeitgeist of the way we feel as an industry. Absolutely brilliant. Yes. A- absolutely yeah. terrific. It touches on stuff, doesn't it? So much, you know. Um, and vindication, you know, for us of going, yeah, you're absolutely right. You yeah. know, bugger it. You know, we do try to try We're and do our doing best. Doing our but, best, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so rather than focusing on a negative review, because right. um, studies have shown that you're seven excuse me, seven times more likely to focus on something negative than on something positive. Right. What I thought I would do is I would say, you know what, it's really nice when you get nice reviews. Yes. You know, and, and this week we've actually had a few really nice reviews right. too, Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Of people saying, thank you very much for seeing us. Thank you so much for explaining. Thank you so much for, for communicating with us. Thank you. Know, thanks for taking care of us. Um, Tell you what, you know, for anyone that's out there that's heard that article that we've just spoken about and thinks, you know what, I really think my vet's doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I pay them for and and you know, it, it doesn't you, you pay for the reviews, mate. You pay for the oh, absolutely yeah, cash yeah. for comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where we're going, isn't it? I, well, I've I've heard about clinics doing that. Really? Oh yeah. Right. So, let's not go down there. No, let's, let's not go, go there. Let's, don't name them. Don't I won't I wasn't gonna name them, but I was gonna talk about how they do it because I think it's actually Pretty crap, yeah, I think you know. I, th- I, th- I think that's cash for comment, well, and I think that's pretty, pretty. Well, getting rubbish. back to the good and the bad reviews, I the think, good reviews. Yeah. So lots of good reviews, and I think, but I think when you get a bad review, if yeah. I just want to just touch on that, yeah, it gives you some legitimacy in your reviews. Yeah, if you're paying for reviews and you got three hundred good reviews and one bad review, it's like, yeah, no, I don't think that's about Something's right. It's not right, yeah, exactly. So if you know, you get you go to the your, your local restaurant, yeah, you know, top of TripAdvisor, and they got three hundred, you know, fifty good reviews. Basically, yeah. all the staff that have ever been through and no bad reviews, like, eh, that doesn't ring true. Yeah, yeah. Which is like the podcast. We've got, I think, about 50 reviews. Nice. One four, four star review. The one four star, one star review star, again. There's a one star as well. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I think there's a one star now. Oh, awesome. Just dropped it. Dropped and ran. So legit. That, that's well, great. They are legit. That's all right. That's all right. It's got one in, what's that, 2%? 2%. 2%, 2% give bad reviews? That I'll sounds take about that. Right. that. I'll sounds take about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's probably so, just some competition. Yeah. It's yeah. probably Hamish and Andy. Quite possibly. Yeah, because they're, yeah, they're competition. They can feel us breathing down their necks, <laughs> Lewis. You know? um, but guys, if you, if you think your vet's doing a good job, give them a good review. Yeah. Tell them they're doing something. And you know what? If you think that they could be doing something better... Why not talk to them about it? Yeah. Don't don't just take the the thing, you know, the keyboard warrior approach. And go, oh, I'm just going to write them a bad review and that all set because reading that bad review. So, you know, we'd had a busy week. The cl- all the staff were pretty tired because yeah. we'd had a big week, but we'd had a few really good reviews, some great comments, people saying, "Look, I'm really really happy," and that's great. And then that one bad comment then put everyone on edge. If that person had have actually rung me up and spoke to me on the phone and said, look, I'm not happy with this. Can you tell me why you're, why you're doing that? I would have quite happily spoken to them yeah. about it and said, okay, this is the reason why we do it. But putting it out there in a, in a public forum then means that for my staff, all of that really good work that we've done all week, now everyone's just going... Oh, yeah, you know, and just left on a really sour note, and that's really crap, you know. And, like, and the review, you know, it wasn't it wasn't about any like uh, treatment stuff that you guys had done, or no. the way they treated it was just about money, wasn't it? Really? It, it was yeah. it was a money Essentially thing. It was, money. It was a and business that, thing, but it still really hurts you, yeah, because you feel it just affects your whole mental attitude, doesn't yeah, it? Absolutely. That even though you've had you know three hundred pets that you've you've helped over the week, yeah, it's that one person complaining about a bill, yeah, you know, which which is what we have to do as a business. We have to yes. bill people. It's 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 how it works. We just talked about so you know it really can affect everyone can't it mate so it, it, absolutely yeah. so go and give Robbie a review oh well uh, and then and then Robbie's on, clinic on, and then on that as a as a 
knee-jerk thing of trying to make everyone feel a little bit better. Um, I, um, I, 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 there, a, a review came on just after that yeah, one. Right? Yes, yeah, right? Yes, yeah, Excellent. It, it was fantastic. And, and somebody so, listened. Somebody listened to the podcast and they gone bang. Straight away. Straight they, they jumped straight yeah. on there, Lewis. What and, did it, and what so, it say? So what it said was, was that um, uh, I've been coming to this clinic for years. Right. right? Nice. My, my animals love coming in every time they come in. Long-term client. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also said... Also, Dr. Robbie does a great podcast called Two Vets Talk Pets. Right? <laughs> and it then goes on to say the vets are awesome, the nurses are outstanding, and the groomers are superb. I love coming in here every day. Signed, Robbie Anderton. Robbie Anderton. <laughs> So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to make everyone feel a little bit better. I'm going to try and yeah. turn this right around yeah. and say, you know what, guys? You know, I reckon we are doing a good job. So I'm going to leave us a five-star oh, review. Nice, You mate. know, just to try and put a little bit of a spring in everyone's step there. So nice. and And, and – the nurses, they they always laugh at my jokes, mate. Like Christina and the kids. Yeah. Well, apart from Camille, sometimes gets a bit funny about laughing at my jokes, but everyone seems to tolerate my madness. So that's great. Good, mate. Good. Did it lift everyone up? Bring it them back. It did. Yeah. It good did. Stuff, yeah, mate. yeah. Good on you, mate. Disclaimer time. All right, I think so. All advice on this show is general in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up to date information, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if we have missed anything. Go straight on to retractable leashes, I reckon. You want retractable yeah, leashes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's much wanna... better than my one. I'll, I'll, I'll cover my one again another day. I thought you might want to touch on blood pressure after your week, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. This is, a, this is a, like I've got five reasons why you should ditch your dog's retractable leash. I love it. Bring it on. Yeah. This, much... is, this is why we've got this podcast, Lewis. How much do you love a retractable leash, mate? I, I love retractable leashes in consults when the dogs are then running around and under the chairs and all that sort of stuff because the retractable leashes uh, aren't being retracted. Exactly. So for those who don't know, the retractable leash is the big, bulky plastic handle thing that's, uh, that you hold in your, in your sort of grip in your hand and it's got a little button on it with your thumb that you can let out, I don't know, maybe it's 10 metres of, of lead and yeah. then sort of bring it back in and it's a long, thin rope Yes. with a small, uh, thicker bit at the end attached to the, the dog's harness or, or the collar or whatever. It's but a doggy fishing line. Right, yes, yeah. without the reel. Without you can't the reel. reel them in. Can't reel it back in. You can reel in. them no. out, but yeah. you can't reel them in. So that's, um, yeah, and, and I reckon they're a bit of a bane of vets. We're really, we're really having a good... Uh, Good, good whinge uh, good today. Whinge. It's a whinge podcast. This is a catharsis yes, one. Yeah. Yes, fantastic. Don't we feel good? <laughs> oh, Hopefully everyone's still listening. I feel like I've had a colonic. I feel like I've been talking to Linda on the uh, on that podcast. Oh, <laughs> Linda, love and guts. <laughs> Has she been in touch yet? We Not yet. We're no. still waiting. Still yeah. waiting for her to hit us up. We've got tickets next to her at the, uh, the podcast awards dinner, I think. Yeah, she might, she might be quite backed up with other requests, mate. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice. nice. I like what you've done there. That's great. Uh, so the, the retractable leash, the retractable dog leashes, they are dangerous. Right. Not only do they offer little control during walks, they're often directly linked to serious injuries in people and pets. Right. Then it goes on to describe them, which I've just done. They're about three to eight metres long. Um, and it means that the owners can kind of regulate how much the dog can sort of walk out towards them. Yeah. Walk out away from them, um, and but the, obviously you can't reel them back. 
So to get them back, you either got to grab the leash and sort of pull it yourself, yes. which is a thin cord that's quite quite dangerous. Yeah, it's not an actual like uh, webbing sort of uh, normal leash. Yes, yeah, yeah. So while it sounds great in theory, retractable leashes are prone to malfunctioning. Oh, and that's well, it's sort of similar to exactly what you say. They bring them into the the vet clinic, and then the you know, the dogs are on, and it jumps off the table, and then it runs around the clinic, all the tears, and the things smacking into people, and yeah. and, and getting caught up under the table, and the dog gets freaked out by the noise. Yeah, so I, I just had the um the, the image of the um of the retractable leash on the table and the dog doing the um the the, the three feet bungee jump with the four meter long cord, Ooh. you know, it's just Ooh, boing. yeah, yeah. I was just just jump straight off, you know, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not well. holding on anything, no, yeah, that's, that's not gonna. Um, so the the mechanism can stick or fail entirely when dirt gets inside the handle or the cord becomes knotted. Yes. So the number one. You don't want a dirty mechanism, Lewis. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> So number one, the handles are bulky and difficult to hold. So traditional dog leashes have a simple loop, small enough for most children and adults to hold comfortably. Yeah. The handles of retractable leashes on their hand are made of thick, hard plastic and can be difficult to grip. Should your dog make a sudden sprint for a nearby squirrel? Must be an American. Must be an American site, yes. Let's change, uh, edit that out. Uh, possum. possum. Possum, yes, yeah, yeah. The handle can easily be ripped from your hand. It could be an assistant squirrel. Wow. Yes, brought over <laughs> along with a crocodile, an yes. alligator. The assistant's alligator. It's got to test it for FMD though. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, don't don't smuggle that in yet with your pork sausage <laughs> and your budgie smugglers. Yeah, your squirrel smugglers. <laughs> the handle can be easily be ripped from your hand. This leaves your dog at risk of being hit by the heavy handle or even becoming lost. Right. And then number two, when retractable leashes break, people can suffer serious injuries. Some unlucky pet owners sustain horrific injuries from retractable dog leads. The most common involve tripping, tangling, and minor rope burns. Definitely seen tripping. Yes. Definitely tangling. Yep, yep. Rope tangling burns. around the dog's legs too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah really, really annoy me. More gruesome are stories of people suffering fractures and even amputations. Oh! I've heard of that. People losing no, their finger. No way. Yes, when it becomes Dude. wrapped around their finger. Now, oh. it's such a thin cord. Yeah. You know, you've got a big dog, you Just wrap around your finger around. and then... Just cuts your finger off. <laughs> yeah. Facial injuries also startling common when retractable leashes malfunction. Incidents include lacerations, broken bones, and broken teeth caused Man. by fine screw bits of plastic and the whip like lashes them leashes. Lashes. Whip like <laughs> lashes, that would make sense. Themselves. <laughs> lashes. Twelve year old Dorica Williams sustained partial permanent blindness in one eye due to oh, a dog's no. retractable leash. The metal clasp attached to the dog's collar suddenly snaps, sending a fragment of metal hurtling backward into her eye. Oh, gee whiz. So that's that's really that's nice heinous. to have of that. No. Number three, retractable leashes offer too much freedom and not enough control, sometimes with tragic results. Believe it or not, your dog can be hit by a car while walking on a retractable leash. Of course it can. Of course it can. Makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. Keep pulling and if you've got it unlocked, they'll just run out on the road. A client was walking a Chihuahua mix on a retractable leash when the dog suddenly darted into the street. She was hit by a car and passed away before the owner could get her to the clinic for treatment. In addition to veering into the road, dogs can get into a variety of dangerous situations. In Australia, a classic one would be off walking. You walk into the bushes and there's a snake. Snake. You know, a snake bite. Yes. Walking in the grass or something. Drop bear. Yes. Possibly. Yes. <laughs> They may eat something harmful, accidentally tromp through a red anthill. Red ant hill. A red anthill. Wow. I wonder if they have different colours. They're a green anthill. Green ants. Maybe or are the some ants blue red? Ants. Or is the hill red? Maybe everything's red. An ant hill that is red? Yes. Bull ant. Maybe an ant hill in Red Hill. Yeah. 
Maybe. Maybe. That would be a Balance. There's Balance in Red Hill. Balance in Red Hill. Yeah. There's also a good brewery down in Red Hill too. Right. Excellent. Yeah, lots of wineries as well. <laughs> Lovely part of the world. Come face to face with a snake or encounter a not so friendly pup. Yes. Large dogs may even snap the cord or pull it loose from the handle during a surge of adrenaline. A surge. Wow. M- like, maybe like when probably Hulk style. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe just, you know, when they get in the helicopter. <laughs> you know, probably, you know, like most of our clients and the, other the vets, the vets listening. Out. Yes. Yeah, as they yeah, as they're getting into the helicopter, they pull too hard. Yes, yeah. When yeah. the adrenaline surges, they might jump out. Jump out of jump out of it and, and then bungee off the cord. A big surge of adrenaline. Yeah, that's right after that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you get to the three meter end of the rope. <laughs> and you you're dangling Tom Cruise style. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I uh, thought you didn't watch that Mission movie. Impossible. Okay, I've seen the trailers. Which face are you wearing with that one? Uh, the, the Simon Pegg one. Yeah, yeah. Simon. Yeah, but, but, you know Simon Pegg. I know Simon Pegg. You're, you're playing with me. You've seen them. No, I know Simon Pegg. I was, I was Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Shaun yeah. of the Dead's Great. awesome. That's funny. Yeah. That's a good movie. That's not too scary for you? It's not. No, it's not. Thank oh, that's you, Robbie, good. for considering my emotions. <laughs> Okay. It's impossible to protect your pooch from every potential hazard, by your ch- but your chances are better with a traditional leash. Yes. Number four. It's a long article. <laughs> Walking on a retractable leash teaches dogs bad habits. And this is a big one, I reckon. Yep. That, that when they're on the retractable leash, dogs just learn to pull. Yes. So I get to 30 centimetres out or a metre out. I pull a bit more and suddenly I get a bit more. Yes. Or yep. sometimes I don't get a bit more. Yeah. So I'll pull and I'm not sure when I'm going to get it. So yeah, I'll yeah. pull at all times. Um, and that's my biggest issue. Well, one of my biggest issues with them is, is owners often complain the dog's pulling. Yeah. But yet they've got a retractable leash. Yep. Number five. And here we are. We're at the end. Sudden stops may cause back, neck, and tracheal injuries in dogs. Yes. So essentially they're running along, pulling really hard, and they get to the end of the five meters and... Yeah. Retractable leashes can be especially dangerous for small breed dogs, seniors, and those with spinal issues. Mm. Depending on the size of the leash, the stop button can cause quite a jolt. Similarly, a dog receives a sudden jerk when the leash runs out of a cord. These jarring impacts can damage the neck, trachea, and spine. Yes. So the article says, what kind of leash should I choose instead? Yes, anything else. Well... Yeah, anything. What about those bungee leads? Do you like those ones, mate? Have you seen those ones? <laughs> the ones that the ones that just have got the big uh, the big sort of springy bit yeah, on them. Springy bit. So the big dog pulls and then boing, the boing owner goes just boop, smack. <laughs> I love slapstick comedy, mate. So you know, I'm <laughs> you're all for that. <laughs> Look, I'm not all for it, but you know, it's every now and again it works. It, it, it works. It okay. Works. Yeah. Traditional one to two meter leashes are a safe bet for the average dog, unless your veterinary trainer recommends a specialty lead. I'm not sure what a special lead I would recommend. Sparkles. Sparkles. Diamantes. Maybe, maybe. Reflective. A, reflective. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. Whether you choose to go with a length of four feet or six feet depends on the size of the dog and your personal preference. You want the lead to comfortably extend from your hand to your dog's collar or harness. Good point. Good. Yes. Yeah, you don't want to be sort of squatting down the whole walk. So don't don't attach your hand onto the collar. No, that's no. right. Well, it's only a 10 centimetre lead. You're not really walking the dog. Are you kind of sort of carrying it probably? <laughs> <laughs> there should be enough slack to keep the line loose when your dog is walking by your side. Choose a leash made from sturdy, long-lasting materials such as heavy-duty nylon, leather or paracord. I'm not sure what that is. Paracord. Good thick rope, I imagine. Yes. But I guess my thing is, I only say, oh, but I want the dog to explore. I want him to get more access and allow more off-lead, sort of, you know, off-lead in inverted commas, because I can't let him off-lead because he doesn't like other dogs. I say just buy a piece of rope. Yeah. Go down to Bunnings, your local hardware store. Yep. And a Home Depot, Walmart. Yep. Just, um, uh, Madagascar, the uh, 
Might have 10. Might have 10 probably in Madagascar, I think. Madagascar 10. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Don't know. Home timber and hardware, I think, in Madagascar as well. Pretty sure. North Korea, I'm not sure they'd have hardware. (laughs) Kim Kim Jong un's backyard blitz store. Yeah, yeah. So when, yeah, Kim Jong, if you're listening, Kim, don't use a retractable leash. Not a good idea for for your pig or whatever you've got. Does he have a pet? Not sure. Might, sure. might do. Should have Googled that. I, I think most of his government's probably his pets. We should have asked Seth Rogen if he had a pet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, should have done. Should have yeah. done. But So if you've got a dog, you want to go off lead, just buy a 20-minute piece of rope. Yeah. Tie it to the collar. Then you can let him go and then you can reel him in. Yes. If there's a problem coming, another dog you don't, it's not going to like, just reel him in. Yep, yep. And then take it off and then put your normal lead on when you go to walk him home. Exactly. Spot on, mate. Yeah. Put, it, put it around your, your shoulder, you know, Harrison Ford style. I was going to say, you're going to look like Indiana Jones. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then it would be whip-like with lashes. Yeah, and you get your hat and all that sort of stuff and, you know... That'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be, oh, definitely. Why would you have a retractable lead, Lewis, when you can walk around like Harrison look Ford? Look like Harrison Ford. would <laughs> be great. <laughs> I'm going to go and do that now. We send it, We mentioned Harrison every episode now. What well, would fairly fairly commonly? Perhaps yeah. that could be like Seinfeld. You know, in Seinfeld, there's a Superman in a every Superman episode. Superman in every episode. In yes. every episode, we mention Harrison Ford. Seinfeld was in every episode as well. I don't, is that true? Well, I think there so. might be an episode where he's not in it. <laughs> it's just Kramer. <laughs> Who knows? That's a good fact. I wonder if he's... A quick fact. We'll check out IMDb. In every episode. (laughs) (laughs) All righty, mate. Now, now, this week, I've got a mailbag question. Excellent. Bring it on. This is in your... This has come from one of my nurses. Yes, excellent. Asked me during the week. She owns a Whippet. Nice. Dante the Whippet. Dante the Whippet. I'm sure allowed to mention names. Yes. That might give away who the nurse is, I think. Maybe. Anyway, big shout out to Claire. Great nurse. Hi, Claire. Love working with her. Hi, Dante. Really spot on, excellent, top class nurse. Good nice. stuff. So, um, but that's not why I'm saying this. She's got a whip. She's got a whippet. Yes, and she's having problems with it losing weight. Right. So whippet, I think normally is about nine kilos. A year ago or so, lost uh, a couple of kilos, down Ooh. about to seven kilos. Oh, that's a skinny whippet. Yeah. So she's feeding some high quality, the high quality food that I, yeah. I recommend. She said, "What do you recommend?" She's going. I want to just put some little bit of weight back on him. Yes. Um, should I just go and you know go and get the McDonald's from the supermarket? Yeah, yeah. And feed him the dog food McDonald's and yep. see if we can put weight on him that way. And uh, she said she's, you know, tried the, she looked at all the energy requirements, all the food, gone for the top shelf one with the most dense sort of pellets. Yes, yep. My only suggestion to her is maybe try some puppy food. Yes. In that it's more dense per pellet. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, the per dry food that we're getting. So if we're only, she said we're only eating small amounts of the dry food yes. during the day. Happy to eat treats. Go yeah. to town on treats. Yes. But, you know, won't eat the dry food which we need. Yeah. I said maybe try the – the uh, there's um, some foods that are higher in omega-3 fatty acids, that yes. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Try that. Try some of the dental diets. Sometimes they're a bit um, – she said, no, I won't touch those. Yeah. So I wanted to get your thought. I said, yes. Robbie. Robbie has a whippet. I'll sort he it. He knows everything. I'll sort it if out. If he owns a whippet, there's, yes. there's no way he doesn't, he doesn't know – yeah, about this. Guaranteed. Whip it, whip it good. So ears open, go. Awesome. How old's a whip it? Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's edit it. Three, four, five, six, seven. Somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Somewhere Excellent. around there. Middle um, age, I think. So, um, so one of the things with with whippets is that, um, I, I, 
Rosie would go through times of where she'd like to eat or she wouldn't like to eat. And I guess like any dog that's that's losing weight, you've got to go and rule out your easy to rule out stuff. Run some blood tests, you know, check the teeth and all that stuff, which I imagine you guys would have done and it's all okay. Um, I would have said, yeah, put it on a high – I'd say put it on puppy food, right. you know. And and one of the, the, the greatest joys that I have as being a vet is being able to say to an owner, you get to give your dog an extra meal a day. And they go – Oh, it's great because they're going to love it. Um, so if the dog's already being fed X amount of food, um, an easy thing to do is just to feed it more but as an extra meal. So rather than saying you're going to increase the amount of food because the whippet may only go, well, I only want to eat this much. Yeah, only it's, she said only it's a really small number of kibble each, each feed that it has. You know, yeah. really, you know, I'm, not, I'm sure she's trying to feed it more times during the day. Yeah. But the issue was just not consuming enough. So yeah. I, I guess I had a suggestion maybe buy some of that McDonald's from the – Supermarket and try mixing it in with the dry food yeah. just to encourage us to really, you know, to more to, eating, to get into the food. But I'm pleased you agree with the, the puppy food idea. Yeah, I, I think um, I'd, I'd be going puppy food in particular. I'd be trying um, puppy canned food as well because yes. um, the, the, the dog may find that more palatable than, than what the dry food is for right. some reason. Um, I think if you're still losing, like the other thing, um, I've like Rosie does six poos a day. You know, if I'm taking her out on a walk, I don't tie off the poo bag until I've got three in there because. Yeah. Right. You know, she just poos a lot. Um, when at various times we put her on uh, like different diets, we've used the hypoallergenic diets, um, we've used the, the single protein diets, and interestingly, that reduces down the volume of poo that she does. Low residual. Low no, residue. Low residue. Low residue. Yeah. She still does, you know, five to six poos a day, but it's just they're smaller poos. Small small frequency, low residue. That's right, yeah. So I think it, it uh, probably... Yeah, I'd, I'd say make make your life easy. Feed it some more, but I'd be going wet puppy food first, right? Boom. And then and then if it seems like you're not getting anywhere, then I'd try an, an allergenic diet or a novel protein diet, and just try and feed it right up. And if you're not getting anywhere, you might even need to worry about doing yeah, you know, seeing whether or not it might have inflammatory bowel disease or something like yeah, that. Something right, that might okay. actually be um, causing it to not feel like wanting to eat. Like if it's got a little bit of low-grade abdominal pain because it's got a bit of um, you know, intestinal inflammation, it might go, right, well, I'm, I'm eating because I'm really, really hungry, but I'm not enjoying eating, so yep. therefore I'm not going to eat quite as much. But, yep. you know, there's a difference between feeding nice, yummy puppy food and going and doing a whole lot of imaging and biopsies and stuff. Yes. I'd, I'd probably be going the food first. I think so. And I, I, it does remind me, I know Dante has got a little bit of a dodgy tooth at the front, I remember. Ah, yeah. And we, she was holding out to have it x-rayed and we got the new dental x-ray yeah, machine. Yeah, awesome. So, Claire, there's a little reminder. It's time yes. to bring Dante in and, and Robbie says... Let's start. Let's start with the puppy food, and maybe start with looking at that tooth. That's a good reminder, do, yeah. there, mate. The and health do, health aspects. And do some do some full bloods first, and also just have a look and see what his poo's looking like as well. Like if his poo's looking really big and chalky and voluminous, might be worthwhile when you're doing the bloods, doing a fasting. Uh, uh, um, uh, trips and like immunoassay to check for yeah, yeah check for EPI. Right, there's some stuff we've got to do there. So bring in those poo samples and get the other vet Carl to have a look at those. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
because I'm busy that day. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I'm not on. I'm not on that <laughs> no, day. No, no. Go and get put in a little jar and get Lewis to sniff it and just tell him. <laughs> just tell him that it's that it's Vegemite. It'll be I, great. Well, Nutella or jar. Nutella. Nutella yeah. jar. I like Nutella. Yeah. And like we had the other week, you like the smell of Nutella, so that's good. <laughs> Nutella's great. Yeah. Alrighty, guys. Excellent. Thank you so much, Claire. Hopefully that's helped, and uh, I'm sure we can chat at work anyway. Yeah. But um, next week, mate, we've got some some big stuff going. on. Speaking of Teslas, yes. Next week, I've got some stuff on Elon Musk. Awesome. And uh, and some new new updates to, to your Tesla, your Tesla and my, my Tesla, my yes. Tesla helicopter. Fantastic. Some Good updates life. that are coming. And uh, big shout out to Craig Challen, uh, one of the divers, uh, the the soccer. Um, Off from the soccer guys the soccer in Thailand. Team. Yeah, yeah, uh, yep. a bit of a link to Elon Musk there for those in the know. Australian of the Year, Dr. Craig Challen. Um, I'm also going to have a little bit of a chat about um, dog bites in Denmark. Right. Um, for our 23 listeners in Denmark. Fantastic. Yeah, there just you thought, go. Just sort of really hone in on a, on, a, on a group. Good. Just to know that we'll at least have 23 listeners next week. All from, even if they're just all from Denmark. That'd be great. Yeah, talk about dog bites and a study that's come out of there about breed specific legislation and how Ooh. that's affected dog bites. Oh, interesting. Can't wait. Yeah, and what do you got, mate? I'm going to have a chat about medially luxating patellas in, nice. in little doggies. Good. Um, and also I found an interesting article about legally recognising animals' feelings that I can't wait to get your oh. opinion on. Oh, that's sweet, mate. Yeah. Lovely, lovely. Feelings. We had a lot of feelings in today's podcast. Feelings. Yes. Yep. I feel better after today's podcast. Yes. I feel, I feel cleansed. Yes. It's been a bit of a rant, hasn't it? But it's been good. It's been, it's been good. good. Yeah. Informative, I think. It's been a good one. Give yeah. you a bit of an idea of what, what we go through on a daily basis. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Be nice to your vet. Be nice to your vet. Be nice to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, and party on dudes. Party. Yeah, be excellent to each other and party on dudes. Remember the movie? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. But Bill, I remember you saying. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, I think I've seen it. Oh, dude. Yeah, I think it's I've great. seen it. Yeah, maybe. I was watching it the other day. Is that know? the one with the teddy bear? No, <laughs> that's that's Ted. Oh, Ted. That's oh, no, Ted. Oh, Bill was, and was, Ted. Yeah, this was I've Keanu Reeves' first Ted. movie. What? It was Keanu Reeves' first movie. Or no, Point first Break. Ones. That was before Point what? Break. It was it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. And even Alex Winter from The Boys. Oh, Lost Boys. Right. So you yeah. really vampire you movie? You, wouldn't, you probably wouldn't have been watching Ooh, that. Scary, scary, scary movie. Scary movie. Don't like scary movies. No, no, no. Bats. <laughs> Don't like bats. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. We'll scratch you later. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at VetBehaviorist. And more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.